Hello, friends, and welcome to the very first episode of Resting Church Face, a podcast. I am your host, Amanda Allen, and I am so happy that you are here today. So just sit back, relax, get some coffee, maybe some tea if you're super sophisticated, and let's just have a really great chat. Let's get started. So I guess we should start with the question, what does resting church face mean? And I think we all have heard the expression resting beep face, which if you want to know what that is, you can look it up on Urban Dictionary or just Google it because uh, we're not going to say it. We don't talk like that. The kind of talk comes from the potty. But resting church face is a very similar meaning. So I guess I should start with a little bit of background. I am a preacher's kid, specifically an evangelist's kid. Um, in the 80s, they called it evangelism, um, which I think makes a lot of people think about like Benny Hen um, and like, you know, blowing on someone in church and they like fall into a seizure. My parents were not those kind of evangelists. Um, we lived in a motor home and traveled to different churches every single week, about 50 weeks out of the year throughout the United States, which sounds super interesting and exciting. And I guess it was, but for me, it was, you know, it was life. <laughs> and I, uh, so that was me and actually my sister. I have a younger sister, Holly Jo. Shout out. Um, she is three years younger. And we were talking about growing up. And so I know that our situation is not unique, but here are some of the things that Holly Jo and I <laughs> experienced growing up as evangelists slash preacher's children. Um, you know, right before we would go into church, like on the way, our parents would pull us aside and be like, hey, you know, that argument that we had five minutes ago, like on the way here, uh, getting ready in the motorhome or driving in the car, um, where we were all crying and saying, and being very upset. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. We're going to pretend that didn't happen. So when you go into Sunday school, you're going to need to act like everything is fine. And so you'd go into Sunday school or you go into church and you'd be like, I'm great. Um, because, you know, you just had to put on the preacher's kid face or the church, the good church person face. Or um, the fact that, like at Halloween, I can remember my parents sitting my sister and I down and, you know, Halloween maybe felt like on a Sunday. And uh, my dad would say, now, the church that we're at is very conservative because we were Baptists, so most of the churches were conservative back then. Um, And he would say, you know, this church does not believe in Halloween. They don't believe that, you know, we should get dressed up and go trick-or-treating. We trick-or-treat because we don't think it's it's harmful. Um, So after church, you know, we're going to go trick-or-treating, but please don't tell anyone that after church you're going to get dressed up as a Japanese samurai. That is a true story. Um, And go door-to-door down the street to do these different you know, houses near the church and ask for candy. Um, Don't say that. We're going to do it. But if someone says something to you about Halloween, you know, you don't have to volunteer. I was terrible about volunteering. I, you know, if you told me not to say something, every part of me wanted to walk into the room and the first thing be like, hi, my name is Amanda and we're going trick or treating. (laughs) And it it happened more than once. So, uh, you know, my parents had to have these conversations with me. And then also things like, um, I knew every Christian song ever known to man. Um, I can sing you any Sandy Patty song to this day. Um, oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, I can sing Keep the Candle Burning in its entirety by Point of Grace. Um, I know every word by uh, to every Michael W. Smith song that was ever released in the 90s. But at the same time, 
I also know all the words to Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice and Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio and a lot of Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> but those are things I did not talk about when I went to church. So I know that this is not a unique situation. This is something that, especially in the South, if you were raised in the South, we were raised in Alabama. Um, that's pretty a universal thing that happened to all of us. So I was talking to my sister about all this and how we just kind of had to not, I feel like we weren't lying, and it, but it was in, in, a, in a essence, I'm stumbling here, in essence, being fake, right? We were not being ourselves because we had to pretend that everything was perfect. We were preacher's kids. We had it all together. And this kind of extended into every area of my life. It's something I have struggled with for a long time, being a people pleaser, being happy when I don't feel happy, um, and just kind of maintaining this church presence. And I used to call it Church Amanda, but my sister said, oh, what you have is resting church face. And I was like, yep, that's perfect. And that's the name of the podcast. So I guess the next question is, why a podcast? Why now? Everybody and their mom has a podcast, probably literally with their moms. Um, because I love podcasts. I think they're so fun. I love to listen to them. I have them on all the time when I'm working from home, when I'm washing dishes, doing laundry, pretending to exercise, <laughs> all of those things. I think podcasts are super entertaining. Um, and it's the best way to get your thoughts out there. And I love having creative outlets. And this is something that I feel like is a super creative outlet for me. And I used to host, co-host a podcast with my friend Andrea a few years ago called Look, Let's Be Honest, Our Dearly Departed Little Podcast. And I was terrible at all of the technological <laughs> things that went into putting a podcast out because I don't understand any of it. Um, RSS feeds, what? I don't know what that means. Coding, what? I did not know how to do music and put it lower than my voice. And it's gotten super ridiculously easy now. There are apps that help you do every bit of it. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take advantage of it. So this podcast is just going to be fun. But I also want to address a few things that are serious. So this is not going to be just about church. Um, I do want to talk about books and movies and music. But... I do want to specifically address some things in church that I think we need to talk about. It's also not going to be a church bashing podcast because I do love going to church. But I do think there are things in spiritual circles that we need to do better. Um, I think we need to talk about the fact that a lot of us feel like we can't have struggles and that we feel like we have to present this stoic and deeply rooted <laughs> Um, calm personality all the time where everything is wonderful and everything is cheerful when sometimes we just feel like crap and we need to be able to say that. And I think being honest is the first way to start changing things. I also think the way that we treat a lot of people in church maybe is not great. Um, I'm talking about single folks. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about worship teams and we're going to talk about um, things that we have done in the past in church. Like what kind of Christmas cantatas did you go through? Um, how many times did you play Mary? I will tell you that I had to play Mary in a Christmas production where I had to sing in front of my entire high school that was sitting in the audience. Well, not my entire high school, but I mean, there were only 98 people in my graduating class. So it very well could have been my entire high school class in the audience. Um, I had to sing. I'm still a virgin. What will my parents say? That was a line in the song. 
And I remember making eye contact with Matt Miller and him being like, oh, and laughing. And I thought, great. So Matt Miller. Yes, I remember. So we're going to talk about fun things like that. Um, 90s church culture. Man, that, that it's a trip. It was fun. And it was weird. But we're going to get into it. And it's also not going to be me all the time talking. I'm going to have people on. I want to have some friends on. I want to interview some people. Um, we're going to have little segments that are just fun things. I'm going to say fun a whole lot. So just get used to that. Um, because I'm gonna, I know I'm going to listen back to this and be like, say fun one more time. But this is going to be, I want this podcast to be the kind of thing that when you, you know, have like, when you call a friend on their phone, <laughs> what else would you call them on? You call them on their crystal ball. No, when you call a friend and it goes to voicemail, which most of us don't even do that anymore. I mean, we text people. If you leave me a voicemail, I'm kind of like, what, what are you doing? What, are you trying to sell me something? What's happening? But you know, when you're like talking to someone on a voicemail and if you're really good friends with that person, you sort of forget that it's a voicemail and you like ask them a question and realize suddenly that they can't respond because they're not there. I want this podcast to be kind of like that. I want it to be like, we're having just a really good discussion, um, a really good chat. And I want you to talk back to me in your car. <laughs> if you can, that would be awesome. Um, so yeah, this is going to be, I'm not going to say fun. What's another word? <laughs> enjoyable. It's going to be an entertaining and enjoyable podcast. And I can't wait to get started. And so let's get on now that we've got all that other stuff out of the way. Let's get on with the fun stuff. Hey there, future Amanda popping in as she's editing this podcast episode to say that I was listening back to the portion of the episode where I talked about the Christmas cantata, where I had to sing the line, I'm still a virgin, and I made eye contact with my friend Matt in the congregation, kind of insinuated that we had secret knowledge as to why that was a funny line. We did not. I just happened to make eye contact with him, and he was equally embarrassed and entertained for me because it was really funny. But I just want to, you know, clear that up. Let's take the scarlet letter off Matt. He was a great guy. And doesn't this kind of highlight why I'm doing this podcast? Because it's been, what, 20-something years, and I'm still slightly worried that someone might think something, you know, untoward was happening, and I have to clear it up, because that's who I am. Okay, well, let's just get on with it. So Christmas is over. Hallelujah. You know, when I was a kid, Christmas was like the best time. It was magical. It was Santa. You would hear Carol of the Bells and get goosebumps because you knew that it was like, it was happening. It was Christmas time. And now I feel like it's all the stressful things in your life that happen throughout the year get jammed into one week. <laughs> like if your family's going to be weird, it's going to be at Christmas. If you're going to have some weird bank account mishap, it's going to be at Christmas. It's like all the parties that you have to go to, you've got to figure out whose feelings you're going to hurt by not going to this one and going to the other one. And they seem to get bigger and bigger, especially if you have kids now and, you know, you've got recitals to go to. It's just a big ball of stress. And I had to really work every year. I have to work hard at being in the moment and telling myself, it's Christmas, enjoy it, it's Christmas. But New Year's, I really love, I love starting over. And I realize that really nothing changes from going from December 31st to January 1st. 
but it feels like it does. I love that feeling of like a brand new fresh white sheet of paper in a notebook that you can list your resolutions on and you sit down and you assess the things that happened throughout the year and you think, this is what I want to do better. This is the person I want to become. And I've always had this person, this like vaguely hazy version of myself that's in the periphery of my mind. And she is a perfect person. (laughs) Do you guys have that person? It's like you can almost reach out and touch them, but you just, you know that if you could get this person to inhabit your body, (laughs) you could figure your life out. And this did not start recently. This has been my whole life, especially like, I think it probably started around middle school. And look, we'll probably do a whole episode about middle school because middle school is, is miserable. Middle, middle school is miserable for everybody. Even if you were popular, middle school is terrible because nobody knows who they are. Your bodies are betraying you left and right. You're getting taller. You're staying shorter. Your hair decides to suddenly, it needs to be washed every single day or it's going to look like a grease pit. Uh, people have decided to be mean to you. People that were friends in, in elementary school suddenly don't like you because they think you're weird and they'll tell you to your face. Nobody fits in. But I was determined, I was so convinced that if I could just get the right outfit for the first day of school, in middle school, that it would change everything. I would be a different person. And I specifically remember my eighth grade first day of school outfit. Y'all remember first days of school, right? You'd plan those outfits out probably like in May. But I remember I wore... I had a brown leather backpack. I wanted it to be Guess, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I think it was probably Walmart. Um, Straight-legged olive green jeans. They had to be straight-legged. A white peasant blouse that, looking back, now has more in common with, like, Tom Cruise from, like, Interview with the Vampire movie, but that's okay. Tucked into a brown leather belt that I also wanted to be Guess, but was also probably Walmart. And brown leather shoes. And I had my hair pulled back in a brown tortoise shell clip. I had planned out every bit of that outfit. And I was convinced that it was going to change my entire year. It was going to set the tone. I was going to walk into school with confidence. Everybody would look at me. Music would start playing like I was in Clueless, which hadn't come out yet. But you know what I mean. Um, But everybody would just be like, Amanda you look fantastic. We want to be your friend and everything's going to change. And of course, nothing changed because, you know, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Because I was still the same nerdy child, um, introverted kid who uh, did not know how to behave in most social situations. But that kind of carried on all through my high school, middle school, you know, uh, college, 20s and 30s. I would think, you know, if I could get this haircut... I would also get the bone structure, right? That I could, I could change everything about myself. I think Erin Moon said that from the podcast, that that's one of her biggest flaws is that when she shows a hairdresser the picture of the haircut she wants, she also thinks she's going to leave the, the salon with the bone structure of the model. And that's me. Um, but the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing that it's, it is not about the outward appearance and that the version of myself that is kind of hazy and out there now doesn't have so much to do with what I look like as who, uh, as it is like to what I am. I don't know if that sentence made sense, but that's the version I want to grasp and take hold of and make a reality. I, I want to be the best version of myself. And so it is 2023 
And I was thinking about things that make me inspired. What inspires me? (laughs) Um, And the most inspiring thing I can think of that I want to talk to you about is a little movie called The Holiday. Yes, was it released in 2006 and it is 2023? Yes, but is it still relevant? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about it because that is the first movie I ever saw that just awakened something within me. That's not quite true because the first thing that really awakened something within me was Romeo and Juliet and that was Leonardo DiCaprio, but that is a whole other podcast episode. But as far as like wanting to be a better person, The Holiday did something to me. I went to see that... I'm going to get a little Golden Girls on you. Picture it. 2006. The winter. The South. I went to the movies with my friends, Ashling Ham. We went to see The Holiday. And I remember sitting in that theater in Huntsville, Alabama and crying. And not really knowing why I was crying, but knowing that, like, the character specifically that Kate Winslet played, Iris Simpkins, I felt like I just knew her. She was me. I connected with so deeply (laughs) and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. In fact, I went to see that movie. I'm embarrassed to say, I'm not even embarrassed. It was really, it was a great movie. I went to see it eight times in the theater because I liked it that much. It did something to me as much as also, I will admit, uh, Jude Law in his glasses did something to me. I think my heart stopped when he put this on. <laughs> and every time I see it, I, it flutters a little bit. But I just loved the, the, the story and the arc that Iris Simpkins had. So I felt like I identified with her at that time a lot because I was in a job I didn't love. I was always drawn to guys <laughs> that, as Iris would say, did not and would not love me back. Um, And I did not understand why they did not love me back, but it didn't occur to me that I was always going after the same type of person. Um, I love in this movie that Iris decides, along with Cameron Diaz's character, they switch houses, they switch countries. Iris goes to LA and Cameron Diaz's character, Amanda, flies over to England and they spend the Christmas holiday in each other's houses. But it's more that she meets people, Iris meets people that make her feel like a person. She meets Arthur, her neighbor, who tells her that she is behaving like the best friend in the movie and not the leading lady of her own life. And I was like, yes, I'm behaving like the best friend. I'm the leading lady. And then she meets Jack Black. She meets Miles. That's the character he plays. And he writes her a song, y'all. And he says, I only use the good notes. I mean, I cannot imagine a better line that someone could say to me. But she reinvents herself and she doesn't change her appearance. She doesn't change her core personality. She just realizes that she has value and that she doesn't have to fake being happy and she doesn't have to put up with this guy, Jasper Bloom, that has been a jerk to her for this entire movie. And she finally, in a glorious monologue at the end, cuts him loose, which I will not make you listen to. But I am going to read you this monologue that she delivers because uh, it's just so good. Um, She says it to Jack Black's character. They have just run into Jack Black's uh, girlfriend. He found out that his girlfriend has been cheating on him. He doesn't understand why this kind of stuff happens to him. And she gives him this speech. And this speech is everything. So here it is. And I'm going to read it. Not in a British accent, even though all of me wants to. What I'm trying to say is I understand feeling as small and as insignificant as humanly possible. And how it can actually ache in places that you didn't know you had inside you. 
And it doesn't matter how many new haircuts you get or gyms you join or how many glasses of Chardonnay you drink with your girlfriends. You still go to bed every night going over every detail and wonder what you did wrong or how you could have misunderstood and how for that brief moment you could think that you were that happy. And sometimes you can even convince yourself that he'll see the light and show up at your door. And after all that, however long all that may be, you'll go somewhere new and you'll meet people who make you feel worthwhile again. And little pieces of your soul will finally come back. And all that fuzzy stuff, those years of your life that you wasted, that will eventually begin to fade. Oh. Just like Martin Short and Three Migos and Dorothy Gish, he says, oh. that is how I felt. That speech is everything that I was feeling at that time. And, and I go back to it over and over because it's true. You can surround yourself with people that make you feel badly about yourself. And, you know, and it may not be that these are, they're not bad people and they may not be cruel to you, but you leave every interaction and you don't feel good about yourself. You feel worse than when you left your house after you come back from being with them. Those aren't people you need to be around. Those are people that are making you have a resting church face, right? You're having to fake it. You're not yourself. And then, when you meet someone that sees the real you, you make friends that care about you, that want you to succeed, and who like you for the parts of yourself that you considered weird or unlikable, they find lovable. It changes everything, doesn't it? And that's what I want this podcast to be. I want us to talk about that. Reinvention isn't about getting a new haircut or losing 50 pounds. It's it's about working on yourself from the inside out. And that's a lot harder. It is hard to admit that we don't know exactly who we are. And I, for one, have worried for a very long time. I worried constantly about what other people thought about who I was. Instead of asking myself what I thought, did, do I like who I am? Am I being the person that God created me to be, or am I just a resting church phase version of that person? And look, I'll admit, for a long time, I think I've lived a lot of my life being that fake version. And she's fine. She had friends, and I'm not saying that they weren't real friends, and she had real relationships. Then they were, you know, they were fine. She was fine. I was fine. But I was a little boring and a little too safe, and I don't want to be her anymore. I'm done. Girl, bye. Um... I'm just ready to take that version of myself that I saw in eighth grade in the olive green pants and the guest's backpack and erase her and replace her with who I really was, which was a tall, awkward, gangly person who liked to read and liked funny movies and liked to sing. And she was fine. She was enough. And she was likable. And I wish that I didn't feel that I had to change that version of myself to be another person. And so if I can help anybody out there who's listening to this feel like it's okay to admit that you don't have it all together and that maybe you've been faking it and having a resting church face, let's just stop. Go watch The Holiday. Like stop this podcast right now. Go rent it. It's on Apple TV. It's free on Apple TV if you have it. But you can buy it. It's probably in the $5 bin at Target. It shouldn't be. It should be a million dollars because it's a million dollar movie. It's fantastic. But it, will, it makes you think about things. It makes you think about your life. And 
if that, if this podcast just makes you think for a second, then yay, mission accomplished. It's not always going to be this deep. We're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff, but this is for this episode, this opening episode, reinvention. Think about it. What do you want to change in 2023? And I want you to write it down. Sit down tonight or this weekend, whenever you're listening to this, even if you've already made your New Year's resolutions, that's fine. But I want you to write some things down that have nothing to do with your physical appearance. I don't like, don't write about losing weight. And and I'm not saying that getting in shape or maybe getting a good haircut, those aren't important because they are, they make you feel better. It's good to be healthy, but I want us to dig a little bit deeper, right? What are things about yourself that maybe you've let go of that are good things about yourself that you want to bring back? What's a passion that you've forgotten about that you like? What can we reinvent to become the best versions of ourselves? Let's do it. Let's make 2023 the year of our real faces. So at the end of every episode, I would like to always talk to you guys about something that I'm watching or something that I'm reading or something that I'm listening to, just something fun um, that I thought was either good or bad. And so I'm going to, this week, let's talk about the movie that I just watched. And it was made in 1986. And the the movie is Top Gun. (laughs) I realized this week that I had never actually seen Top Gun, the original 1986 version with Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer and Um, Meg Ryan and um, all of those different people and I watched it and like guys I I don't here's the thing guys love this movie they love it so much it's up there with like the godfather in fact I said something to one of my friends about watching this movie and he his his exact quote was don't ever disrespect Top Gun to me (laughs) and he was serious and I think if I had seen it as a teenager, I would have felt like Tom Cruise was like the best character and I would have really been into him because, I mean, look, Tom Cruise is a beautiful person. He does that like jaw clench thing when he's angry or emotional that is very attractive, even if he is like 5'2". But I feel like as an adult watching this movie that Val Kilmer's character just gets a really bad rap because he's like the bad guy, but all he wants to be is safe. And so I'm like, why are we hating on Val Kilmer? He just wants to be safe. Also, I feel like the the love scenes between Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis are weird. <laughs> that part where she chases him down in her car and she's like, I have to be tough on you because I don't want people to know I'm falling for you is so all my children. And then it just like immediately cuts to them making out like Muppets, like Part of it is because my TV was buffering while I was watching it. And so it like paused while they were like kissing and they really did look like, it looked like two Fozzies or Gonzo trying to make out with someone, but it just felt really weird. Um, I will say though, the ending scenes, the, the jets and the fighting and the, you know, like flying around crazy, that was entertaining, but mm. I'm not feeling why it is the greatest, you know, 80s movie ever made. I'm about to watch Maverick. I will report back on the sequel. I've heard that it is fantastic. I've heard some people tell me that it's even better than the original. So that is the movie I watched this week. If you love Top Gun, I need you to uh, give me a manifesto. Give me your thesis. Why, why do you think it's wonderful? And if you agree with me, yay, we're like-minded. All right. All right. 
right, guys, that is our first episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for half an hour and letting me talk to you. I am really appreciative. And if you could follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. Please leave a nice review. <laughs> Don't leave a mean review. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's really easy. It's at Resting Church Face. I hope you have a great week and let's get together again soon.